You're listening to the Experience Azerbaijan podcast, where we discuss all the best things to see and do in Azerbaijan. We dive into the country's history, culture, nature, and more, and we meet interesting people with fascinating stories. Welcome to our podcast series, sponsored by the Azerbaijan Tourism Board, which examines the cultural, societal, and economic drivers of modern Azerbaijan, helping us to take another look at this very important East meets West region. Today, we welcome leading global architect, Safet Kaya. Azerbaijan's capital city, Baku, is an architect's dream. From the winding streets of the old city, to the stunning layout of its 19th and early 20th century building boom, to the bold vision set by modern architectural marvels. Baku is worth visiting for its architecture alone. Safet knows Baku well. His academic background took him from Istanbul to Los Angeles, where his career began with the renowned Frank Geary. In subsequent years, he moved to London and his background with Zaha Hadid's architecture firm brought him to be the co-author of the project behind the award-winning Haydar Aliyev Center in Baku, one of the most recognizable buildings in Baku and indeed in the broader region. Architecture enthusiasts from around the world traveled to Baku to take in the stunning building, which plays an integral role in the intellectual life of the city. Safet is joining us today from Cyprus. Safet, we are so grateful for your time, and I personally am so looking forward to our discussion. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. Um, we've been talking about this for such a long time, and here we are, Safet, together um, to discuss um, your, your background and what it is that you're working on today. So let's start at the beginning. Um, share with us uh, a little bit about your journey as a professional architect. And um, I understand you have such a personal connection to, to Azerbaijan and would love to hear so much um, about uh, the, the, what led you to become the project architect um, for the Haydar Aliyev Center in Baku. Well, as you mentioned, uh, my uh, relationship and my, my journey with the Hedra Aliyev Center is very personal. Um, I am originally from Cyprus, from Nicosia, I'm a Turkish Cypriot. And uh, uh, as, as like Azeris and like uh, Turkish people from Turkey and Turkish Cypriots, we're all Turkish, Turk origin, Turkic, let's say, uh, background as a, a nation. So we have an understanding of each other uh, culturally, although there might be some differences. Uh, and uh, as a language, the language is pretty similar, but of course there's a minor modification. Like um, Cyprus is like the, let's say, Mediterranean version of the, um, let's say, the Turkish uh, uh, nation. And uh, uh, Azerbaijan is more. Uh, Caucasian is more uh, Eurasia side, and Turkey is like a little bit at the perimeter um, uh, edge of the Europe. So um, I've been 
familiar with uh, Azerbaijan and its culture first initially because of their music. Uh, they have a very uh, romantic and emotional music. And I remember when I was studying uh, in uh, my undergraduate in Istanbul Technical University for my architectural diploma, I always um, uh, used to listen uh, as they read music at, uh, in the background while I'm doing my design. So there was something uh, comforting and uh, something, um, I don't know, it's, it's just helped me to daydream further. So, uh, and then it first it started like that. And, um, and then um, following my uh, graduation from Istanbul Technical University, as you mentioned, I went to uh, Los Angeles uh, to do my uh, master's degree in advanced architecture at University of California, Los Angeles. And um, and I was missing home and I was continuing to listen to uh, these uh, songs. But what I want to get at from here is that um, initially, during that time in 1997, we had uh, Guggenheim Bilbao uh, realized by Frank Gehry Architects. And it was a, it was kind of breakthrough because um, such a, we realized the power of architecture and, and Bilbao, which is an uh, industrial country in the Basque region, which not much people heard about it, with the realization of the um, uh, Bilbao Guggenheim, it totally changed the landscape and it became a destination. Everybody started traveling to Bilbao to see the building. And then um, we, in that time, architecture stopped being a background uh, and something which is not communicating, but it became totally a catalyst for people to come together. It became a destination, and we call this in architecture Bilbao effect. In 19, after my graduation from UCLA, uh, of course, the most obvious choice for me to uh, join uh, was uh, Frank Gehry Associates office. In 1999, I joined that studio, and it was a great experience because Following the success of the Bilbao Guggenheim, we, we received lots of commissions. And uh, so for me, it, it was like where, in, where I initially started learning my craft. In 2004, um, I, I start missing uh, home or I start missing Europe, especially continental Europe. And then uh, somehow I, uh, contact Zaha and uh, said, tell her that the, that I would like to uh, join uh, her studio. And it happened to be Zaha was coming uh, to the collaboration, uh, or she came to UCLA to give a lecture. So she, she meet up, and we met up, and she saw my portfolio. She interviewed me, and then and there I got the job. So in 2004, end of 2004, August, I moved to. Um, um, Los Angeles. So having, coming from a Turkish background, studying in Istanbul and then going to, and did, doing my master's in LA, having the experience of, uh, let's say, well, from the master architect, Frank Kerry, who realized Bilbao, and then, and with the Bilbao effect, I, I was becoming familiar. Then when I came to London, the first project I was, uh, assigned was to develop the uh, 2012 uh, for Olympics Aquatic Center. And, um, and that was a 
that was a very challenging project because it, it, during Olympic it was supposed to be 17,000 um, audiences, or visitors, or let's say spectators. And then after the Olympics, it was going to turn into a, a local pool for the community, which we called it uh, legacy mode from Olympic mode and legacy mode and was uh, changed into 3,500 seats. And that was a very challenging project. And, it, and all the projects in Europe are, are uh, commissioned, uh, not commissioned, but open to public competition. And that's how you get it. So it was a competition and everybody from Europe compete uh, for this London project. And our proposal, which I was uh, the designer for the competition entry, uh, get uh, chosen. And this gave me uh, so much um, confidence that I realized that my ideas and uh, um, what I'm putting out there is actually um, received well. And then, and of course, I need to uh, mention that Sahadi's office is such a um, uh, interesting environment. It was very international, Zaha, from her background. She was teaching. And because she's teaching, she always had this way of um, let's say mentoring or nurturing the young designers, creating a platform for people to come and collaborate. So she was taking the risk, but she um, uh, kind of uh, uh, gave us the opportunity to, uh, you know, shine through. And uh, having won the Aquatic Center uh, competition entry for 2012, I, you know, and building up more confidence, I realized that I'm not that bad. So. And the next project I did was the Hydraliev Center, uh, which I pushed it further and uh, and uh, let's take did more uh, let's say daring, uh, more grand gestures and maybe more extreme uh, uh, designs. So so that kind of was the um, story of how I came to Zaha, but actually I was very familiar uh, from with Zaha Hadid uh, and Zaha Hadid architect's work since, and Frank Gehry's work um, since when I was studying in Istanbul, because they were leading figure and they were the, um, for, they were the leading figure for deconstructivism and they were kind of the, they showed us a way that uh, you can be contemporary and you can use architecture to communicate, to um, to bring people together, and it's not something passive at the background, but it can be have an active role within the society, within the economy, and within the city. And um, so, on that on that note, I think having the Turkish background and uh, experiencing uh, on Heider, uh, uh, working with. Uh, Frank Gehry, which uh, learning from the Bilbao effect and then later coming to London and with the, with the uh, studio atmosphere and the opportunities given to young designers. And uh, I just kind of, with all the background, it was like stars were lining up. And then uh, and when Zaha asked me to, you know, uh, look into this project and design something, it was kind of, it was perfect for me because I knew Azerbaijan, I knew its culture, uh, I knew about Bilbao effect and uh, and I was more confident by then. Well, I was like most probably uh, mid thirties, which, and then, and then we made a, 
um, proposal. Uh, with the, we team up with a contractor and um, design and build, and we made a we made a proposal. It was like a competition, and our proposal liked very much, and we get commissioned the project. What a phenomenal journey, uh, that I just um, I love picturing you listening to your. Uh, Azari music, uh, without even realizing that one day you would go on to um, to, to co-author uh, such an extraordinary place in, in Azerbaijan. Um, the idea of this Bilbao effect, um, where a stunning piece of architecture can really play a role in the development of a destination, is such a fascinating parallel between the Guggenheim and the Haider Aliyevith Center um, in Baku. When, can I ask um, a follow-up question? Um, when you you used such extraordinary vocabulary around the center, when you said you you decided to really go for that that daring and, and grand gesture look, which reminded me of how you described the language uh, that you share with uh, with Azerbaijan as being um, romantic and emotional. Um, what in your mind is most unique? about the Heydar Aliyev Center architecturally? What's, what's to you just special about it? Well, um, I think Heydar it's like uh, Azerbaijan, you know, Azerbaijan uh, as, a, as a, let's say, government or as a country commissioning us actually was very daring because as architects, we're avant-garde and we're kind of out there doing radical stuff. And they are coming in, liking what we propose and um, uh, taking a risk and not doing something postmodern or doing some mimicry of what has been done traditionally. Actually, we need to give them credit. And they did a public building, um, which, which actually projecting them to the future. You know, they, they didn't, it wasn't very safe. They wanted to, they, you know, by anyway, by choosing us, you know that you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you know, you, you, you're gonna you're gonna rocket to the to, to the sky. So what is um, what is uh, but at the same you can be powerful. What is what is important here is the balance. You can be powerful. You can be uh, romantic at the same time. You can be emotional and you can be futuristic and contemporary. You know we can do all these things at the same time. And I think this what this uh, this balance in this project. Um, uh, sets it. We did. We did something very unique, and it's a it's a building which doesn't look from the past, but it's a building which projects the future and how um, optimist vision the country has. And I think uh, the tone. I think the, the setting the tone right was very important, and I think that was one of the um, successful parts. I mean. You know, it's the architecture actually which sets this tone. But you know, the I think that's what that's one of the important aspects. Because yes. it became it became interesting for locals and it became very interesting for international community because they never saw something like that. So it was it was uh, it was communicating, you know, both ways. Yes, absolutely. The tone of the of the architecture is so bold and so um, exciting and forward leaning and the the tone of the of the country itself and its future and where it's going as um, as an emerging market with a with a rich cultural history powering 
um, it into the future. There's just such a such a wonderful synergy there. Um, I imagine it's quite special for you to be able to work with clients that really are um, are willing to just share in a bold vision um, as as an architect. Um, is there any client work that you're working on now that you're particularly um, excited about and would like to share with us today? Well, it's, 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 as I was saying, it's a teamwork. It's, it's not just architect. It's the contractor, it's the client, it's the client representative, it's the, all the consultants. Um, it's it's, it's all, the, all having, these, having the same excitement and having the same vision or at least having the enthusiasm to do something out of the box is very important because we we learn something with what we do because if you already know it then there's no there's no room to innovation what's the what's the point you're going to you know repeat what you're doing so i think with all the uh, people who um collaborated uh, from let's say within the architectural team to within the let's say in all levels it was very exciting because um, there was we, we tried to do a new way of look, looking at things and new way of doing things and new way of defining spaces and so it's very important um and uh, yes uh, it, yeah in general that's what i'm saying the the end client is very important because they're going to be the one who's sponsoring it at the same time they're going to be the one who's going to be uh, operating it and using it so in a way architecture is used as I, as I previously said, it's like a catalyst for bringing people together or educate people or socialize people together. Currently, um, yeah, I'm doing a, a very exciting project. I'm uh, mostly lately doing this academic building for a university and, uh, and Cyprus International University. It's been great because uh, uh, a campus, which is all the university students are there to learn, there to learn from each other and there to learn from their environment. So, it's a great uh, setup uh, to do, and all these public buildings are like that because you want to show them to think out of, to give them another perspective. So these within these um, academic buildings, um, I did just a science and technology lab, which where uh, you bring all the engineers together, and it's very technology driven, but at the same time you need to be smart. We use the photovoltaic panels, thermal uh, chimneys, and a machine aesthetic at the same time. Um, we want it to be appealing, sexy, and at the same time smart. So um, uh, it, it's, a, it's 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 like a it's like a four four leg table. I think you need to have the right architect, you need to have the right client, you need to have the right budget, and you need to have the right uh, community or society to embrace it. Yes, our, um, our, our time together has, has flown, Safet. We um, are coming up at the end of our, of our time together. But um, just in, in parting, um, as, as an architect, you mentioned that relationship with the environment. And so you're, you're creating this design, but then you also uh, have a, a, an ecosystem, a culture and, and, a, and a landscape around you. Do you find yourself often taking walks in the neighborhood um, of the place where you're designing something new to familiarize yourself with the sense of place? Well, definitely. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's say um, uh, Hydralev Center, Baku. I mean, first of all, it's like the, it's located at the perimeter of the old city, where uh, the city was growing, and it's 
just at the adjacent to the main highway where you're coming from the airport and going to the old city. So it's kind of it's located in such a way that it helps to regenerate the uh, let's say the extension of the city at the same time when you're arriving first time in Baku that was like kind of signature like kind of a building that uh, greeting you at the arrival and of course I as an architect um, I and me and my team we went and we saw the site we saw where the wind we saw the topography was there before it was the industrial wasteland so it actually we changed into a cultural region at the same time, we look what's uh, missing. You know, there was the, from the Soviet era, there was very monumental authoritarian buildings, which we totally wanted to bring another twist. So that's why we take, uh, our concept was to come out from the plaza, which is the public ground for everybody. And by undulating it, we create this um, architectural envelope, which in, we create this internal um, uh, and, uh, urban environment. So all these, you know, we, we did, we wanted to totally uh, do something contrast what was there because we wanted to show the dynamism, energy and what uh, Azerbaijan stands for or what Azerbaijan wants to stand for in the future. So you're kind of giving a direction. Yes, it's the promise, isn't it? Um, and you have such it's a, a fascinating it's, field. Um, it's, an, it's, an, it's an intention. So, you know, time will show. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, being able to spend um, the, this, these last few minutes with, with you, understanding from an architect's perspective how it is that uh, your work um, both reflects and sets the, the intention for the future is so inspiring. Um, Safek Kaya, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. We look forward to following along with your future work. And for any of our listeners who have not yet visited the Haydar Aliyev Center, you certainly have uh, inspired us to, to book that flight to Baku. Thank you so much, Safek. Well, thank you for uh, including me, and I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you.